The views expressed on this podcast do not It's time to engage in the airstrike. The Teresa Kanzi airstrike. Listening to the Teresa Kanzi Airstrike. It is episode 16. Welcome to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike podcasting from Cape Town, South Africa, the most beautiful city in the country. That in Japanese means Konnichiwa Ungan Pigis, right? Just on the day I decide to be out of character and do something out of character, and that is to watch music videos, the first music video I came across to was of this song. Oh, this is garbage. Garbage, garbage. Back up the garbage truck. Back it up. Oh my gosh. Fuck him, come in. Fuck him, come in. Garbage. Done and dusted. It's not about the artist, so don't ask me who the artist is. It's not about the artist, it's about the artistry. The artistry of that song was total garbage. And I don't understand how that song got onto Channel O. What is wrong with Channel O? They just put everything on it. No, man, that song is garbage. Anyway, here's what's coming up on the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike episode 16. Of course, I'm going to tell you what I'm Pito Musimoning about. And I'll also give you my 90 day fiance happily ever after review. But now we start with Your Elders Were Dirty. So the dirty music you listen to right now is as dirty as the music your elders used to listen to when they were at your age. Okay? Take a listen to this. song adina howard freak like me released in january 1995 
I had totally forgotten about the song until I got a tweet from at Tabza underscore Matabo on Twitter. He was like, dog, there's another dirty song our elders used to listen to. And I asked him, which one is it? And he said, Adina Howard, freak like me. And I was like, God damn it. Yes, 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 yes. Pump, pump. I remember that song. I used to love that song when I was a kid. I thought it was innocent as usual because I think and I'm sure that was the case with you too. You thought the song was innocent. No, 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 no. It is a dirty ass song covered in poetry and beautiful melodies. Let's look at the lyrics of the song. Adina Howard says, Let me lay it on the line. I got a little freakiness inside and you know that the man has got to deal with it. Hebana. Yeah? Freakiness inside. A man has got to deal with it. What's going on here? Anyway, let me continue. I don't care what they say. I'm not about to pay nobody's way because it's all about the dog in me. Bitch, what? <laughs> That's the only time I'm going to refer to a woman as a bitch because she says, she says in this song, eh, it's all about the dog in me. So she says she's a dog. Okay. And here's what's, what, here's what's going on here. She's a dog that is looking for her bone. You understand? You get me? She's a dog. She's looking for her bone. Hold that thought. Mr. Dinner Howard continues. And this is the chorus. I want a freak in the morning, a freak in the evening, just like me. I need a roughneck nigger that can satisfy me. Chinitis. That there is being sexually extroverted. She's laying it all out. She is basically saying that she wants a man who will smash her in the morning and smash her in the evening. That's what's going on there. In Jaloland, straight up. And get article Sisi. If you are that kind of man, because I'm that kind of girl, I got a freaky secret. Because I will be a freak until the day, until the dawn. And we can pump, pump any time of day. It's all good for me. She's ever ready, ever ready and ever green. We can pump, pump anytime. Pump, pump is thrusting, by the way. Pump, pump is coitus. Hey, Jonga, she is sexually extroverted. She wants to pump, pump any time of day. Ever ready, Joe. Now, this is back in 1995, a year after the new dispensation. Huh? Just a year ago, 1994, South Africans, black South Africans specifically, went out to vote for the first time ever in their lives. And a year later, puppies by Atula, pump, pump, any time of day, until the break of dawn, until the freaking morning. Too much going on here. Where did they find the time to do these things? Because the country is brand new. You're supposed to be out there hustling. Make sure that in 10 years time, you are at least a millionaire. But no, pump, pump, any time of day. Because when you are a freak in the morning and a freak in the evening. And you, you are ready anytime. Huh? No wonder we don't have the land. 
house music from stool gum the song is called constipated and it's exclusive to the tulisa kanzi airstrike anyway here's an interesting story a man has received a two-year prison sentence for hiding his hiv status from his girlfriend gentry burns the man who had sex with multiple women without telling them he was HIV positive, has been sentenced to two years in prison. Very good. I love that. At least two women were diagnosed with HIV after dating the dude. 22 states in America have laws requiring people with HIV who are aware of their status to disclose it to their sex partners. That is a very good law. Is it available here in South Africa? Can we import that law here in South Africa? Since we copy and paste everything that is done in America. Is there such a law in South Africa? I would love to find out. We need this law here in South Africa. We really do need it. Because there are people walking around here. They know. They are HIV positive, but they do not disclose this to their sex partners. That is a crime. And I'm not, I'm not going to call it rape because when there's two consenting adults, they decide to have sex, that is not rape, right? So we need to have a label for this. We need to have a label for a person who knows for a fact that they are HIV positive, but chooses to not disclose this to their sex partners especially when they know that they're going to have unprotected sex. We need this law in Mzansi. We really do need it ASAP. Maybe it's out there and I don't know about it, but I have yet to come across such a story whereby it is said that a person has gone to prison for not disclosing their HIV status to their sex partners here in South Africa. I am yet to, to read about that. I'm yet to switch on a TV news channel and to hear such a story here in South Africa. It is needed because the HIV prevalence in South Africa is very high. It is very, very high. And weekend in, weekend out, people engage in unprotected sex here in South Africa. And every week, a person is diagnosed with HIV here in South Africa. So Lelole will probably do wonders in this country. Now here's a question. 
it is within a person's right to not disclose their HIV status to their sex partner, especially if a condom is not involved? For me, the answer is no. A person should not have the right to not disclose their HIV status. They must disclose it no matter what. If you know you're going to engage in sexual activities with a sex partner, knowing that you are HIV positive, you need to disclose it. Do not hide it from your sex partner. We came across such stories on social media, threads upon threads of people expressing their experience with a partner not disclosing their HIV status with them. And they have engaged in unprotected sex with such partners. And they contracted HIV. And nothing was done to the perpetrator. Um Shem was, was innocent, was in a relationship. Some, it was not even a relationship. And the HIV status was not disclosed. And then Umtu contracted it. We've came across such threads on social media. And people have been asking, Ba, how come isn't there such a law in South Africa? Okay, you can lay charges, but like, how come isn't there such a law in our country to curb this? Because it needs to be curbed. Someone probably contracted the virus over the weekend without them knowing. And the person who gave them the virus knew exactly their HIV status. But Zangai disclosed. That's the reality. Are you about to host a party at a club, chisanyama, or restaurant, and you want to DJ with mad skills? Well, book Tulisa Kanzi for a lit DJ performance and hear something like this. Tulisa.kanzi at gmail.com and let's get the party started. Don don don. The Dericos are back. It Dericos, Zigriba, Itoritos. Right. It is my 90 day fiance happily ever after season 6 review and we're checking out episode 10. We start off with Tiffany and Ronald. It was funny to watch and hear what Tiffany had to say about South African food when the couple went for grocery shopping at a local spa. Ronald picked up French polony and put it in the trolley and Tiffany was like, what the heck is this? French polony? Oh my God, that is unhealthy. And Tiffany, I have to agree with you. French polony is very unhealthy. I don't eat it at all. I don't like it. I used to eat it as a kid with amaguinha back in the days. But as an adult, I don't like French polony. I don't, especially after the listeriosis thing that happened in South Africa a couple of years ago. And and funeboni French polony. You can change it. Tibene no no bu polony and funeboni Russian songkezont. And funosbon nesosage and funosbon. But the funny thing was that Ronald also picked up a raw full chicken. And Tiffany was like, oh my God, I can't cook this. I was like, like, everyone can do that. I'm a guy and I can cook. 
a full chicken, right? In the Aguazu roaster Like, what's going on, Joe? Like, like is she used to like buying full chicken? Like, that's already made in the local stores there in America. How could she not be able to cook full chicken? That 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 that, that was like really a shock to me. It really was. Now the real talking point when it comes to this couple is Ronald's reluctance of changing poop nappies is putting a very, very big strain on their relationship. Ronald just refuses to change the poop nappy as a father, of which I do not understand. I really do not understand that. As a father, you should be able to do all these things. The pee nappy and the poop nappy. You should be able to do them. Okay? It is you and Tiffany who decided to bring this child into this world. So therefore, you have to take responsibility. And that responsibility means you also have to change the cock. Okay, Ronald? Oh, by the way, if you're, if you're an American listening from America, here in South Africa, especially in the Africana community, poop is called cock. All right? And that's how you pronounce it, cock. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Uh, another thing that caught my attention with this couple. A few episodes ago, when Tiffany was in America, she and her son Daniel were spray painting inside the house. Imagine. And I was like, what the hell is this? Did child service in America see that Tiffany is spray painting with a minor inside the house? And the minor has to inhale those fumes? No ways. I was like, that, wa- that was wrong. Now, in South Africa, Ronald, in his attempt to try and help out Tiffany with their daughter, suggested to Tiffany that he will give their daughter a plastic bag to play with. (laughs) I'm not laughing. It's not a joke. I was like, these parents, what the heck? A plastic bag for a child to play with? Does he know the child might suffocate? Playing with a plastic bag? No, man. And of course, I'm not going to rely on the social workers here in South Africa because they belong to the government and everything that has to do with the government is not going to work properly. So I, I, I've got faith in America's social services, but I do not have faith in social services here in South Africa because everything at the government is just messed up. But that couple needs a serious 101 on how to raise children, okay? Because both of them have got their flaws. I don't have a child, but I know that one, you don't spray paint inside the house, especially with a minor around. Two, you never, ever, ever give a child a plastic bag to play with. Moving along to the toxic Angela, and the easily pliable Michael. Ash, man, that's another couple, man. Michael declared to his friends that he is living his life like a single man. And he told his friends about the whole breakup and what led to it. And the things that Michael said, I, I, I totally agree with him because he brought it up to his friends that whenever him and Angela have a video call conversation, Angela 
will instantly try to start a fight with Michael. And of course, she starts yelling at him nonstop and then they end up having a fight. Okay. His friends were very happy, by the way. They, they were happy. They were visibly jubilant that these guys are on the brink of a breakup or a divorce. They were happy. But you could see, man, Michael was, <laughs> Michael was distressed. <laughs> hey, man, Michael was going through the worst, man. He was like, he still loves Angela, even though they have these problems. But man, his friends were just happy. And, and they were just cheering him on to go back to being the old Michael who used to go out with them and look for young women. They were happy about that. Now, in America, Angela went to go see her lawyer to talk about divorce and seek legal advice about her contemplating divorcing Michael. And yeah, man, we shall see what will happen. I would be happy for Michael if, if they get a divorce because no man, Angela is just too much now. She's, she's way too toxic. And it, it would be best that she also disappears from my screen. It, it, I'm done with Angela right now. I'm done. Now I move on to a couple I haven't talked about in a while. That is Jovi and Yara. Uh, Yara's relationship with her mother-in-law has been getting stronger and stronger, hey? I love the fact that her mother-in-law understands her sense of humor. She would always laugh at Yara's antics and so on. It, it, it's, it's quite hilarious. <laughs> Yara is a funny woman. Like She's really, really hilarious. Now, the thing that's happening with the couple right now is that the lease on their apartment expired and Yara had to choose a home for, for the couple, well, for her family and so on. And she chose a home that is far away from central New Orleans. <laughs> she chose a home that is, it's a suburban area. It's very quiet. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place to raise a child. There isn't a lot of noise on the streets. And she did say that the problem she had with being in central New Orleans is that she did not feel safe there. And of course, she had instances where she saw people just peeing on the streets. And sometimes, I think there was a time she said someone vomited on her shoes or something like that. New Orleans was just way, way too wild for her. She does not like the place. But her husband, on the other hand, Jovi, yeah, no, he is stressed. Jovi is stressed by the fact that he is moving away from central New Orleans. I think he just wants to be around all those bars and all those strippers. He's going to miss those strippers. He was visibly stressed. He, he could not believe that his wife was moving him away from places he loves to hang out in. So the dude was just, yeah, no, he, he, he was stressed. He was stressed. And of course, he could not be part of looking for a new place because he was still at work. He announced to Yara that he's going to stay for another three weeks at work so Yara has to do all the moving and finding a new place she was helped by her mother-in-law of course and also her grandma-in-law 
All hail for the Lord Commander of Complaints. Now the North Africans, they are always bullying everybody. Always. They bully referees, they bully everybody. They don't want to lose. They are going to lose tonight. We beat them fair and square. Do we want to justify how many times Kerchis win with the, with the referee's mistake? Yeah, Barocca players disrespected Madisha, which was not good. And most especially is the players who are on the bench, who are sitting there. They're disrespecting somebody who's playing whilst they are sitting in the cold there in the stands. So, what are you being so emoting about? Alright, listen up. White people belong in South Africa too. I'm saying this following the hullabaloo over Team South Africa in the Olympics. A lot of black South Africans on social media said the team wasn't a representation of the country because there were too many white people in Team SA. Of which I just totally disagree. Because Team SA wasn't the only people who were at the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Team SA also includes Bafana Bafana, of which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. Another thing that was criticized about Team SA was their attire, especially the footwear. And you know what? I, I agree on that part. They, they could have used Batu or Drip for the footwear. But they decided to, I don't know, what was that? <laughs> hey, uh, well, uh, that, that, that footwear was hot like 15 years ago. It's not hot now. The hottest footwear right now in the country is Batu and Drip. So, Saskok should have used Batu or Drip. Okay? I, I, I agree. That footwear was just totally out. So now, here's the thing. Touching on Bafana Bafana, no one complained about Bafana Bafana. If you look at the Bafana Bafana squad at the Kosafa Cup and you look at the current Bafana Bafana team at the Olympics, which by the way is doing very, very bad, 95% of both squads were made up of black players. And that is not a representation of the country we live in because there isn't 95% black people in South Africa. There just isn't. I think in Nike here, and this is something I have talked about a few episodes ago, is that we black people, we want to be where white people are all the time. We are chasing after white people all the time. So whenever we see a group of white people just doing their thing, we just see it as a huge problem because we have not been included. Of which, in this case, your Team SA, that is not the case, okay? Every race in South Africa was represented in Team SA. So that is out of the window. In Nagi is with some of us black people who just want to be hohozing around white people all the time, okay? And we want to turn everything into race if white people do not want to include us in whatever it is that they're doing. Right, I've, I've said that. I've said that. Now, if you look at the different sporting codes, there's, there's swimming, there's archery, there's judo. Hey, man, Zinitsiman is sporting codes as we, as we Olympics, right? Now, if you look at those sporting codes and you look at what is happening around your environment, let's look at your hood, for example. If you're a person or Shala Ekasi, just look at your hood. Look at your environment right now. 
Is there any facility in your hood that develops young kids to partake in these different sporting codes? I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Right? And what happens in the hood during the weekends for young people? What do young people get up to on the weekends? Now, I'm asking you in the hope that you are an elder. And by elder, I mean you are over the age of 23, for example. So you are over 23. And as an over 23-year-old, you look around your hood, Ekasi. And what is it that you notice that young people, by young people, I mean 18 and younger, are doing on weekends? What are they doing on weekends? And the reason why I'm asking you this is because I just feel sometimes Things should start with us, okay? So, what is it that you are doing in your hood in order to develop young people in different sporting codes, for example? This is just an example. What are you doing when on weekends to make sure that young people in your hood are developed in different sporting codes or partake in recreational activities? Do you volunteer? I am pretty sure the answer is no. And the reason why I am bringing this up is because you'd find that in white areas, elders such as yourself and I, they make sure that they volunteer in helping out with community activities, especially for the development of young kids in their area. That's what they do. That's one example I put to you. Here's another example I put to you, Kandi City. It starts with us. When a street lamp is not working in your hood, what do you do? Do you lodge a complaint? Eh, 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 eh. No, you don't. But Susan, in her white area, when a street lamp is not working, she will call her municipality and let them know that the street lamp is not working and they need to come and fix it because the Tsotsis could come and, 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 and do horrible stuff in our streets. So please fix the street lamps. It's very dark over here. That's what they do. It starts with us. So if you are not willing to help out in your own community, especially in a development of young kids, why do you think that there would be a lot of black athletes representing Team SA in the Olympics, in sporting codes such as archery, swimming, hockey, etc.? Why, why do you think that is possible? Gelokasha, you are not doing anything to develop young black athletes in your own community. It starts with us in our own communities. That is it. And then, of course, you're going to bring up the failures of government. Yeah, the government, yeah, sure, they fail. You're going to say the government has failed our black communities. You look at our sporting facilities. They are messed up. Our kids cannot play in these areas and our kids cannot get proper development in these sporting facilities because Moshagel, you are going to say that, of course, you're going to blame it on the government. But it starts with you and I. Okay, so if you as a community member together with your neighbors and so on are not going to complain to the government about the sporting facilities and you're just going to let them go as they are, then I can. It's all on you.
back on Team SA in the Olympics, I have got absolutely no problem with Team SA at the Olympics. And as I have said, that when you look at the whole of Team SA, you'd find Ukba, it also includes the Bafana Bafana squad. So it is pretty much a good representation of the South African population. And with that being said, thank you very much for tuning in to the Tulisa Kanzi Airstrike episode 16. We shall do this again next week for episode 17. Remember, whatever you do, do not lose the child in you. <laughs>